Welcome to the Shari Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Very little makes my seven-year-old daughter happier. Yes, she's seven, and I didn't warn her that I was going to be talking about her. Just a little bit. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> Very little makes Eva happier than sitting on my phone scrolling through pictures. And like many of you, I have so many pictures on my phone. And if I let her, Eva would look through every single one of them. I thank God every day that she is not yet in the world of Instagram, TikTok, and now be real. But she is, I don't know either. (laughs) I'm sure there's a meme about it somewhere. But Eva is definitely preparing herself for a life of picture scrolling, and I have no doubt that she will be a pro when that dreaded time comes. And yet, for all of her scrolling, with all of her love for looking through pictures, when she recently was named student of the week in her first grade class, the first one, by the way, I was just a little bit proud, Eva was given the task of creating an all-about-me poster, putting her life onto a half-piece of poster board, having to choose only a handful of pictures that she could use to teach her class, well, all about her. Scrolling through the pictures on my phone suddenly wasn't as much fun anymore. How do you choose? There are so many pictures, so many moments. How do you choose? So ultimately, she chose categories that were important to her. And then she thought of moments within each that she remembered. We found the pictures that represented them best. And I think you'll all agree, the final product was beautiful. You knew I was going to have it. (laughs) So here it is. We have family, including the dogs, of course. Synchronized swimming, yes, she does synchronized swimming and it is just as awesome as it sounds. Vacation, school, and the zoo. That's Casey the sun bear in the background, if you can't tell. These are the things that she loves most. And these made up the snapshots, the moments in time that she wanted to share with her class in order to tell them her story. Using pictures to tell a story can be so powerful. I'll never forget the year my grandma called my family one Friday afternoon 
and said that she didn't want to join us at services that evening for my grandpa's yard site. She just wasn't feeling it that year. So I asked my parents if I could go visit her while they went to services. Yes, even your rabbi occasionally looked for ways to get out of going to Friday night services. <laughs> but in this case, I definitely made the better choice. Because once there, I asked if she would show me pictures of my papa, who died when I was seven. I think I was 16 at the time. And we spent the next two hours looking through their photo albums. Pictures of my papa as a child in the Navy from their wedding, moments they shared when my mom and aunt were children, then at their weddings, and then their growing families as my cousins, my brother and I were born. With each picture, my Nana was able to not only talk about that moment, but she was able to share something that made the man that she loved so special. Here it was my Nana who was showcasing some of her moments, her all about us poster, if you will, allowing me to gain a better understanding of her and my grandfather as each of these moments came together into a bigger story. That special evening that I shared with my Nana so many years ago is a moment that I've been both humbled and blessed to share with so many of you as well. What I love most about being a rabbi, about being your rabbi, is that I get to be a part of over 1,200 uniquely special families. And as much as I love sharing in your moments of joy, baby namings, b'nai mitzvah, weddings, now the b'nai mitzvah of my first baby namings and the weddings of my first b'nai mitzvah, I try not to think about it too much, as much as I cherish these moments of joy, one of the pieces of the rabbinate that I find most meaningful, most fulfilling, are those moments that I've been able to share with you all, remembering your loved ones after they've passed away. I know I join the rest of our clergy team in saying how truly humbled and honored I am to be welcomed into your families in those holy moments as we sit in a circle in your living room or in one of our offices, even on Zoom, as you share your family's stories with us, it's as if you're taking us through a photo album of your loved one's life, showing us some of those defining moments from each of your perspectives, each coming from a different place, just like we talked about last night, but clearly something is shared as you share the moments that made your loved ones so special in your eyes, focusing on the qualities in them that were exemplified in those moments. Mom grew up in Tampa and dad was stationed at McDill. They were both at a dance, probably organized by your grandma or someone else from the temple. And dad saw mom across the room and said, I'm gonna marry that girl. They built a business even as they were simultaneously building their family. They were always willing to help their customers and employees even though they were struggling themselves. They would give the shirt off their back if someone asked for it. He made time to play catch in the yard even though he was working so hard each day to support your family. 
although he miraculously seemed to also have time to watch college football each Saturday, I've learned that we definitely have more Gator fans in the congregation than Seminole fans. And he invented picture in picture as he brought a second TV into the living room so that he could watch two games at once. No one could ever match her matzo balls. They weren't really floaters or sinkers. They were perfectly in the middle. Or her matzo balls were terrible, hard as a rock, but no one ever complained because they were made with love. He truly listened when you spoke, genuinely wanting to know about what makes you tick. That was the way he was with everyone, both family and someone he would meet in a grocery store. She broke through glass ceilings. Women in her time often weren't doing those things, but she was so strong and she accomplished so much. Cramming into the Winnebago for family road trips, mom and dad always arguing over directions, and the trip they took to Italy to celebrate their retirement, still bickering over directions and loving every moment of it. The way in which they embraced being grandparents, able to do for your children what they may not have always been able to do for you, showing a side of them you never knew existed. And a smile comes across your face as you remember seeing that change. It's often in this moment of sharing these moments in their loved one's life that so many families begin the process of healing from their loss. We then get the gift of being able to take those pictures, those snapshots, and the admiration and emotions that you shared as those pictures were shared. And we get to paint that fuller portrait, taking all of your words and stories, organizing them and connecting them, telling a bigger story with them. I learned how to do this from the best, by the way, and I thank Rabbi Bernholtz every time I write a eulogy. And the most special part of it all is the way in which that story, that portrait, often becomes a mirror. See, as we're welcomed into your family in this moment, we sit slightly on the outside. And as your family tells us these stories, we get to see so clearly the ways in which the qualities your loved one embodied lives on through each of you. When someone has died, we say, Zichronam Livracha, may their memory be a blessing. And so often families continue the process of healing as they recognize the many ways in which their loved one will continue to be a blessing to them, through them, to future generations. Now, rarely is life perfect. And surely when I sit with a family, they're not pretending that their loved one was perfect either. Life doesn't have those filters of Instagram that eliminate flaws. And sitting with that family, we often discuss the complexity and nuance of that individual and the relationships that they shared as well. They too are part of the portrait seen in the background of the pictures. And as we remember them, we see the beauty of the person not necessarily in spite of, but including their flaws. Learning from those flaws and that nuance is another holy way in which our loved ones live on through us, even after they're gone.
Analogies are never perfect. But in so many ways, this is the same process that each of us is going through on these high holy days. Rosh Hashanah is called Yom Hadin, the day of judgment. And while the Mishnah's image of each person passing before God in a single file line for divine judgment, an image embodied by the Unatana Tokef prayer we said earlier, doesn't resonate with most of us. That's why we offered an alternative version of the prayer this morning. Is there any doubt that the way in which we are thought of by others, the snapshots that our loved ones and those around us think of when they think of us, is in itself a kind of yom hadin. And just as we learn that God balances the need for deen, judgment, and justice with the equal need for rachamim, mercy, and compassion, so too do we try to think of our loved ones and ourselves in the same way. For neither the Midrash teaches us could stand on its own, but the two held together create both accountability and a path to improvement. What are the moments, the pictures, that would define us on this Rosh Hashanah? If we were curating the gallery of our life, making our own poster, of all of those pictures we could scroll through, which moments would we want to highlight? What if our loved ones were responsible for curating that gallery for us? What are the moments in which they saw us shine brightest? What qualities do those snapshots embody? And what are the flaws in the background of those pictures that give us room to grow in the coming year? And just as we hope for a balance between judgment and compassion, as others think of us, we strive to do the same for them in return. Whose galleries are we put in a position to curate? And which moments do we choose to highlight? Again, I learned from the best. And in closing this morning, I want to share one of Rabbi Bernholtz's favorite stories, that of Reb Zusia, who died and found himself in line to receive God's judgment. Fearful that God would ask, why weren't you more like Moses? Or why weren't you more like King Solomon or King David? Zeusia was surprised when the only question God asked was, why weren't you more like Reb Zeusia? As we stand today on this Yom Hadin, may we look at ourselves and those around us just as God looked at Reb Zusia. For within the scrapbook that makes up each of our lives, there is so much to be proud of. So many ways in which we've enriched the world around us just by being us. May we embrace those moments and those qualities, building upon them, knowing that this is also the time to take stock of those places in which we can improve ensuring that we can always say that we were trying to be better today than we were yesterday. Whether or not one connects to the image of God as judge, surely we live in a world that judges. As we are judged this day and every day, may the snapshots defining each of our lives be viewed with a sense of deen, an understanding of justice, what's right and what's wrong, 
along with rachamim. Not necessarily the same compassion with which we would look at a seven-year-old trying to put themselves on a page, but with the compassion of someone who knows that their story will also be told, hoping that it too will be understood in a context of complexity and nuance, allowing love for the other to be both the foundation and motivation of any judgment, whether made in the heavens or in our hearts. Kenya Hiratson, may this be God's will. Amen.